Hello everyone, welcome back to the Bond Talk podcast, here with your host Ryan McCarthy. And today we are joined by Chris Walker from TravelFit. Chris is the founder of TravelFit, which runs events, retreats, and also has apparel. And the mission behind TravelFit is for the connection of mind, body, and soul. And I believe Chris feels that there is a big disconnect between all three of those pillars. And within his events and retreats, he rarely likes to connect the mind, body, and soul and give people an epic experience full of fun, but also very educational as well. He's also the host of the In Progress podcast, which is amazing. He interviews so many diverse people and picks their brain. It's a podcast that I highly recommend. But on today's episode, the whole census of the episode is rewiring your responsibility in life. So we have nearly a two hour conversation in so many different directions, but it all aligns back to rewiring your responsibility in life and being accountable. So there's so much value in today's episode, so many cool conversations that we had that is for a different perspective and me and Chris really just connecting on that and having that conversation, which makes it just of a gem of a listen and also a fun one to engage in as well. In other news, if you could please share this podcast around, it helps just this podcast grow and reach a larger audience. If you could also follow the podcast and also leave a rating as well, it means so much just in terms of growth and helping us reach a larger audience and getting this message out there. And also, if you're watching this as well, by now, the clothing is released for One Talk, as you can see, I'm wearing the shirt now. But in the bio of this episode, you will also see the link for the shirts and the clothing, the hoodies, the singlets, the whole apparel for One Tour clothing. Check it out. Check out the website. Check out the clothing. I'd love to see you all rocking it. And also tag me in any photos or stories of you wearing the apparel as well. I will reshare it. It'd be epic to see everyone getting behind it. But without further ado, let's welcome Chris. Welcome, Chris. How are you, brother? I'm great. Thanks so much for uh, having me today, Ryan. No worries, man. Round three, eh? On the one talk. Is it three? Yeah, yeah it is. Round oh, yeah. three. Because <laughs> <laughs> the second podcast didn't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's epic. Um, before we get into today's episode, you've got some coffee. Do you want to explain what it is, the origin behind it, and then I'll do my little review because I've actually yeah. got a, a cup next to me for the listeners. I'm going to do a live review. We've got we've got the coffee ready. Um, this was not planned. This is just random, <laughs> by the way. I feel like, you know, when you're in the, in the supermarkets and they've got the little uh, cheese sticks and they're like, oh, try this cheese and I can tell you a little bit about it. But anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, we've got like the Travel Food Active blend here and it's a mix of Colombian and um, Brazilian beans. So when I was talking to Simon who roasted it for me, he's local in the Sunshine Coast. I was like, I really want something that really represented a hug in a mug. <laughs> and so anyway, we, we kind of came up with something and we're like, all right, well, a milky chocolate base with a malt caramel. So something that makes you feel really comfortable, you're getting your hug in the mug, but also something like a bit more bodied that is quite quite rich and, and yeah. soul filling. Mm. And um, the cool thing about this is if you go on my website, you can get, actually see who the farmers are, mm. how sustainable they are, where the brain, beans have been coming from, their actual history of it, and um, the quality of the bean too, because the biggest issue with beans right is a lot of the time ever like there's lots of beans out there but there's a difference between like quality beans and non-quality beans yeah. these are quality beans um a bit biased coming from me but you know we source pretty high quality mm. and the reason why that is is that the beans will get moldy and there's more more um pesticides and s- things like that sprayed on lower quality beans so 
the big difference with this is it's really based around high quality, looking after the environment and also creating opportunities to connect with people mm. like yourself. Yeah, like yeah. today. <laughs> I'm ready. Tell me what you think. Well, before I sip it, I just want to say like, it's so, like how good is it when you know where things come from that you consume and like 100%. food or drinks or whatever it is, like having a detailed label telling you where it's grown, who it's mm. from, where it's from, you know, especially when it's all local, when you want to support local. A hundred percent. And I think it's interesting, right? I and mean, this is like a whole topic in itself, which we'll probably get to, but like, you know, a great example is like, you know, when we talk organic food too, yeah. it's like, as you know, it's like there's levels to organic. Just because something says it's organic doesn't mean it's 100% organic. Unless mm. it particularly says 100% organic, yeah. it's like either half organic, yeah. or organic, or even you can put labels on things that are like 10% organic and they can yeah. have organic on the thing. Just blows my mind. Yeah, I saw that with the, um, I forgot what documentary it was, but it was about the heavy metals and fish, specifically in tuna. And it's yeah. like, even though these labels still have the dolphin on it, which is meant to represent like more organic type of tuna, mm. it was still shown that even if they have that logo on it, they're still high in heavy metal. 100%. Yeah. And a great example is like, or mercury. Like, yeah. um, so there's like farm salmon and then there's wild salmon. And it's like, well, you want the wild salmon yeah, because there's less of that mercury in there. It's um, The fish haven't been altered with. And, and it's just like, yeah, it just goes down this whole rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to go down the rabbit hole too much because we could be here for four hours. Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give a review on the coffee yeah, then. Let's go. For people listening, I'm a coffee connoisseur. So my review will, um, I think I should waste some time. Oh, let's try it. I love the slurp at oh, the mate. end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I need a second go. Yeah. You can really taste what? that richness. Yep. That's what do you nice. think? I what like do you it. think? Smooth. Smooth, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't taste hold on, let me go again. <laughs> like it's for the people listening, I'm not drinking the cappuccino, I'm drinking the long black. So no sugar, nothing, it's just water and coffee. And sometimes when you get long blacks, they can leave like a bit of a Ban effect, or it can leave like Quite bitter, bitter, hey. bitter mm. taste, but this is super smooth and rich. And with that, it's like you know, you look at the beans and how long, like, because you go in markets and things like that, and they talk about like, um, like the shelf life and stuff. And mm. obviously, the more um, different products or chemicals they use on these things, the longer they'll last. Yeah. That like these beans, like they're roasted, and then we've got them for you've got a lifespan of about two months for real freshness and for the flavor and texture to kind of body itself. And then after that, it's like, it's just better. And that's the reason why I only do the 250 Mm. bags because people don't leave it too far in their shelf for too long. They can just kind of drink while it's fresh and it's, it's got that good opportunity to just know that you're getting something that's really good for you. And a good quality too. I'm lying. It's probably one of the best I've had coffee wise. I feel like we're doing an infomercial right (laughs) now. (laughs) So buy 10 for now. Use promo code one talk. I can create one of those. (laughs) It's like one of those like late night TV adverts. They just constantly repeat. (laughs) Do you remember remember back in the day with those, those late night adverts and there was just the weirdest shit. Oh, like at late at night, it's like, or it would be, um, you know, where you got like the knives or you got like the vacuum, <laughs> the vacuums that hold a bowling ball up. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like it's not necessary yeah. to have a, a vacuum that holds a, a bowling ball up. Like I don't see <laughs> the point in that. I just want to get the grains out of the carpet. Yeah, literally. I've actually got a funny story about that. And this 
this shows how much of a wild kid I was. So when I was like eight years old, I was up late one night, parents went to bed and I snuck out and watched TV in the living room. And there was one of those late night uh, advert things on, but there was one of those ones where they used to sell like jewelry. Yeah. Like a like late night jewelry selling and like you call live on the show and then you buy it live. So I thought it was funny to get the home phone, call them up at the age of eight years old and just spit out every swear word that I knew <laughs> <laughs> on live television. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? When, I love that. Though. Yeah. When we talked about that, it just unlocked that memory yeah. within me. I was like, fuck, I actually did that when I was a kid. But yeah, we've all we've all been there. Right? Yeah, don't worry, I don't do it now at twenty five. Or I'm I've yeah. grown. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. But yeah. <laughs> I don't check my call log. I can, I can imagine you like Rian's going to bed and it's like two in the morning. You're like in the podcast studio. This is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. I was wondering why that infomercial brochure was over there. Yeah, I've yeah. actually got a white pages book in yeah, the cupboard. Yeah. You know, yeah, calling up businesses. Yeah. yeah. So you've been you've been the one calling me at two in the morning, swearing <laughs> at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, epic. But yeah, good times. Yeah, well, we just went off track there. <laughs> yeah, completely. But overall, good coffee. I good. enjoy it. Good. Very good. It's okay. um, yeah. I'll finish it up by saying, when you get rich coffee, you can taste bitter, but it's really smooth for rich, and I like it. Mm. Very good. Epic. Thank you very much. Yeah. This is um, it's quite funny, right? Like, this was just like something I created on the side, just because I have quite a, a golden retriever personality. Yeah. So like, I love I love business, and I love like having my main mission but also like little side missions it's mm. like like what, what can i create here and there that you know creates that that joy throughout the process in my own journey too well those little excitements i think people don't chase too often and if they do it's more so for things that really aren't serving them in a sense mm. like it can be leisure like an example would be video games where you can, can go and explore and do like overcome things but can you imagine if you adapt that to real life and real life situations, especially for yourself because you run retreats. It's like, why wouldn't you have your own coffee brand for your own retreats mm. instead of bringing in another coffee brand? Like, why wouldn't you stamp your personality and actually add that to the experience of a travel fit retreat? And it makes so much sense. And pe people love it too. Like, the, the real reason that, like, I do like to stamp my own brand and create my own things for my own experiences as well is because I know where it comes from. Know the quality of it, and I think that's the biggest issue in, in today. Like, there's so much, so much artificial shit out there. Um, you don't know the real mission, values, beliefs of companies. Like, what what is the like the real agenda behind these particular companies too? Like, yeah, you know the amount of people that you meet on your journey and stuff, and it's like you you, you quickly get to know like what their their business or the brand's about and what the real intention is. And yeah, it's just nice to know that I can pave a path of, of um, things that I believe in as I'm going along too. Yeah. Is this coffee going to be something you're going to create more of or is it just a limited item? Limited. Yeah. 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 So I'll run this for a limited time and then um, I'll probably get rid of it for a while and then just kind of see, maybe I'll do it again. Yeah. But I'll probably just like do this for a bit, find something else, get <laughs> my golden retriever vibes filled and, <laughs> and then continue that. Yeah. Um, just because, I, you know, everything that I do, it's like I have my two purposes with within travel fit and what that is, and uh, I follow those pretty uh, rigorously and relentlessly all the time. So, you know, it is nice just to kind of break up mm. that too because things don't need to be serious all the time too. And it's something yeah. that I, I try and like uh, remind myself of constantly because everyone's taking life serious all the time. It's just like, well, like 
not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For one, like, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to say it. Like, yeah, it's, like it's just a perception of light. But anyway, um, but like we take things so seriously and it's just a, like emotional reaction that we've created within ourselves to like function in society today, give meaning and purpose to mm. who we think we are or yeah. what we identify as or what we believe we've been um, conditioned to be a certain person and what the importance of being that person is versus being a nobody or whatever it is. And it's just like, well, if the more I can remind myself that like realistically nothing matters and we're just here to enjoy the ride, the more I can enjoy my life and, yeah. you know, play the game of life too because it is a levels game, right? And yeah. and that's that's the thing I, I do find interesting. It's like every person I've ever chatted to who does really well in business or really well in their life and – they just show up as the best person themselves, as themselves, and it. They know it's just we're just here to level up. That's the process. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally, it's just to reach new stages of your life and continue that growth as well. And like a lot of people do, forget to have fun. I think it's probably programmed within us to be a certain way, to be in a certain mind frame, to be able to produce mm. in a in a sense because we're not like we're always doing and not being, and yeah. we don't have the balance between the two or. We're not taught on how to be being. We're just taught how to do the doing. Yeah. And it's like that's planted within us probably obviously because it's through manufacturing and industrial and to make us work for money and whatnot and that whole rabbit hole. But there's, but a, there's a great quote too um, by one of the, the Rothschilds. Mm. Um, I can't remember his first name, but um, you, do you know much about the Rothschilds? Yeah. yeah. So essentially they, they run society. Um, they own a fair bit of the world that, uh, one of the richest families in the world. There's lots of other families that are obviously like quite influential and quite rich, but um, the Rothschilds had, <laughs> they embedded the school system into what it is today because they funded the school system. Mm. There's a great quote that he said, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, I, I don't want a generation of, um, I'm, I may potentially ruin this, but <laughs> I don't want a generation of, um, of problem solvers on a generation of workers. Mm. It could potentially be that. I may have butchered that badly, but essentially he just projects that he just wants, he wants a generation of workers to follow the rules, to clock in, clock out, and to not get in the way. And then when you realise that that's the thing that funded a lot of the schooling system, then you start to realise like, hey, like no wonder people, um, their embedded beliefs are the way that they are and, you know, from, from an early age of being born to going through school to everything that we we see and watch and consume. A great example is like if you drive on let's let's say you're in the city in Brisbane. It's like, all right, well what's a, what's what do you see when you go throughout Bri- Brisbane? Advertising everywhere. Yeah. Marketing. Marketing all the time. What is marketing? It's messages. Mm. And what is messages? Well they're subliminal messages that get attached to what we base our values and beliefs around based to the amount of exposure times or points that we have in front of them. Mm. Um, Someone needs to see something 27 times until they actually uh, investigate what it is. Mm. Coca-Cola is a great example of that. Um, Fuck, hopefully you don't get banned for me for saying (laughs) something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like Coca-Cola is a great example. Coca-Cola doesn't have ads that sell. Coca-Cola has brand awareness, Mm. marketing. So they continually play their their brand awareness 
their evergreen really is their ads that capture your attention within uh, 0.5 seconds yeah. is the average now it takes for someone's attention to get captured or they're gone. Um, Coca-Cola does that really well and that's why they do so well because they constantly pump out these ads, these trending ads that capture your attention and then you see that enough times and then you consume and then you believe and you believe and then that just becomes one of your core beliefs that like that's the drink that you need to drink to keep you hydrated. Well, you can have friends from that um, because there's, they've always got a group of people having fun in those commercials. Um, it's always in a really cool area. Mm-hmm. So it's just like embedding all these these little things that we don't understand. It's human psychology mixed with the marketing. See. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that's all marketing is at the end of the day too. It's like mm-hmm. I've l- recently been listening to a book. Um, what is it? Power, Powers of Persuasion maybe? Could again could have butchered it, um, but it talks. It's so interesting, like the 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 understanding of like um, the laws of human nature to it to a sense. So, like a great example is like I could say to you, "Hey, um, do you want to buy this for for charity or blah blah blah?" And you could say no, and I'd be like, "Okay, well, yeah, no worries. How about this instead for a dollar?" And you'd be like, "Okay." And it's not because you agreed to it. It's because, well, you agreed to it, but it's not because you like you made a conscious decision. It was just the next best thing down. And your brain automatically went to, okay, well, I'll just do it and then it's done. Yeah. And then it's over and done with. And then yeah. I don't have to have the stress of even thinking about it because that can also put you back in the comfort zone. Yeah. Then it's easy, it's done, it's quick, it's fixed. 100%. And also, when you're talking about the advertisement for Coca Cola and stuff, this actually sparked how Andrew Tate has became so famous mm. because I was actually trying to figure out like how his marketing is so good. So I feel like he's probably one of the best marketers as an individual person. Like even though he's got a lot of things going against him in terms of like systems and media, he's still able to get his message out there to thousands of accounts, probably millions. I just remembered um, when you were talking about that because what he does, he has like through his um, what's it called the real world where he yeah. teaches people how to make money online. I believe one of them is where he gets people to create accounts and then they post content for him. And by doing that, it's getting the exposure to him around the world through thousands of accounts. Yep. Then that's reaffirming that thing where you see it 27 times and you're starting to question them what, and get curious on what he's doing. Then you start investing time into his actual content and you become invested into what he does, his work and his mm. world. So... It and might be what he does, but that just reminds me like, fuck, that's probably what he did to get his message out there and become famous as mm. he did. And the thing is, it's like, he is a great, it's like, it's called the Andrew Tate method. It's a real yeah. thing. Yeah. It like, because Mr. Beast is a great example as well. Yeah. He saw that and he talks about this in podcasts. He saw that. Mm. He's like, wow, I need to start doing this and getting on more podcasts. That's what sparked him to get on more podcasts. Cause he yeah. saw that this was efficiently marketing mm. Andrew Tate. And then he's like, well, Mr. Beast being like a super smart dude, yeah. he he um he's like, well, this is a no-brainer. I need to start doing this and then leveraging other people's audiences more. And then I'm going to create more of my own audience through them being funneled into my thing. And I think it's funny because if you look at a traditional like uh like marketing funnel, there's something called um I'm not going to say the, the brand name because we don't do shout-outs here. Um, <laughs> but there's this this funnel business. And a funnel is, for everyone listening in, if you don't know, it's essentially a landing page of a website. And you go down it and what it does is it's got segments in in the page 
but it keeps going for ages because it's like, all right, well, we need to clarify what it is. Great. Testimonial, reviews, um, what it is that I'm offering, at what value point, more reviews, more testimonials, more information, why you should join on. And it just keeps recycling and regurgitating that until they, and throughout this, they've got like, buy now at XYZ, buy now at XYZ, yeah. buy now quick at XYZ. And it goes through this continuously mm-hmm. because as humans, a great example is we go on the pokies, right? We slot up, we go, yeah, another hit, another hit. That's what we're doing on a, on a funnel page on that marketing. And it's the same as Andrew Tate, more information, more awareness. There's so much more around that you can't click out of it because your brain is addicted to swiping through until it gets to the end of the landing page. And by the time you get to the end of the landing page, you'll have more reason to buy into it. Mm. Same as Andrew Tate. You see more content. You keep flicking through your shorts and see more Andrew Tate, more Andrew Tate. You're going to click and or you're going to actively look for his uh, online university or or where what his main page is eventually yeah and that's where that coca-cola comes into play right it's like they're just playing it consistently until you see it enough times until you've got a personal buy-in into their brand and their beliefs yeah that's so true and like when we scroll on social media too it's like when we get into that trend state it's hypnotizing as well 100 and we just it's like subconsciously or automatically just click on things and then we end up somewhere and then like I see it a lot, like when you see some random person pop up on social media that you've never seen before, but now they're everywhere. Mm. And like unconsciously you think, oh, this person must have a status of importance. But it's like, well, who is this person actually? And what is perceived as important of the thing that they're doing or the message that they're pushing? And because I've caught myself in that sometimes, like I see someone around everywhere and I've never, like two weeks before that, I've never saw them. I'm sitting there thinking, why do I perceive this person as important? Like I investigate the stuff they do and I'm like, I don't really relate to this person's values and beliefs, but I can see how you can get so trapped into that if you don't think like more deeper on the things that you're consuming and like and where that can actually lead you to. And it, it's, it's so much, it's more, so much more dangerous than we realize, especially in this time. And like we hear it all the time. It's just like, well, how many times do you have to hear it until you actually actively change? Mm. A great example. It's like, you know, I ran that retreat in Byron Bay a fortnight ago and, I came back from that and I was like so detached from society. I was very like just soup didn't only really went on my phone to post a few photos from the days of the retreat every now and again. And I didn't reply to anyone. Um, And as soon as I think, I think it took me like a week to really get back into my, the groove again of life. But the thing I realized straight away, I was so aware of how addicted I was to my phone that when I went on my phone for the first time after the, the retreat, I was like, holy fuck, like I can see how this is so addictive. I've just actively, unconsciously scrolled this this amount of time, but I was aware so I could stop myself. But you think about how like those those breaks between society and yourself, yeah. no one ever gets breaks. Yeah. Well, it's not that they don't get it, they choose not to get them. Yeah. And with that, that means that they're not aware of what's happening mm. because they're not breaking their unconscious presence to conscious presence which is creating the issues of why they feel so lost and they don't know how to get themselves out of a, a um, I guess, chaotic circle of scrolling mm-hmm. or negative thinking or scenarios with friends. It's because as humans, we're so addicted to one negativity, two comfort, 
And then three would probably be like patterns. Mm, patterns, big. Mm. Yeah, like if you've... If you've safety, run, I guess, really. Safety, yeah. Like if you run through the average day for the average person, it probably consists of waking up, looking at the phone straight away, scrolling, then thinking, oh, okay, I'll get ready for work. Mm. Go to work, smash that out for eight to 10 hours, get home, back on scrolling, and then rather they got kids, you got to do all the kids stuff or they got food to go cook and then they got to do all that. Like how much time do people have or do they choose to have in a day to actually sit with their own thoughts and think and process information? Yeah, and it's, that's it's it's crazy because like <coughs> all you have to do is bring yourself back to the present, and I can say it to the cows come home. No one's going to do it until they do it, right? But yeah. like, like if if you are listening and you want to like become more present, and pr- becoming present isn't just like being mindful of your emotions. It's so much more than that. Being present is actually getting into your body and living your life, being present enough to actually change the narrative, change the the way that you're showing up as a person, stop getting uh, taken hostage by your emotional state. Like that that's what present is to me. I'm going to yeah. flick this off in a second. I'm like, <laughs> 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 um, but, but like a great example, it's like, well, want to become more present? Well, you have to do, you have to mix things up. You have to change things constantly. Mm-hmm. That's why I love new experiences because it allows us to come present, allows us to learn more, allows us to grow, allows us not to become so fragile in life because we have no anti-fragility or no resilience in our life because we don't put ourselves in dangerous situations, which is what we need. We need to constantly be uncomfortable. But it's like start with go on your phone and change where all your apps are. Mm. Change them all different areas. I guarantee you'll be more mindful and more present which will allow you to be more conscious of what you're doing how much time you're spending on your phone because you're like well where where the fuck is it's a habit right it's like i'm gonna go on facebook but it's in the same the app's in the same place right you click on it and you're like oh okay i'm just going through it hours gone you're like what the fuck how did i get here like what's happened yeah change the plate change the app and another on your home screen oh i'm gonna go look at facebook unconsciously oh fuck it's not there Oh wait, why am I actually on my phone? Yeah, exactly. It's not where I need to be. Well, how many times have people just I don't know, just pull the phone out and start scrolling without even thinking? I'm going to grab my phone and start scrolling. It's like crazy. just an automatic thing. I I talk to so many people, and and you start to see it like they're talking to you, but then they keep grabbing their phone or looking at they're watching you like, motherfucker, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. talk to me. Like, Presence. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's like have the respect, right? Like, are, are we conversing? Yeah, cool, sweet. Well converse yeah and like the health side of it too because when i had the uh, cognitive neuroscientist come on mm. he talked about how there's a massive um increase in alzheimer's disease and it's happening at an earlier age than it's ever been yeah. and it's happening to more people than it has ever been and he was talking about because our brains are so our brains are so what's the word i'm looking for like they rely so much on technology to be able to function and store information that it stops our brain from actually creating more neuro uh, chemicals. It's actually stopping our brain and the neuroplasticity from expanding. So our brains are essentially dying because they have no, they're not actually not growing because they don't have to be solution minded. They don't have to think, they don't have to process. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do anything but besides be on autopilot, which is actually killing the brain and causing yep. cognitive decline and causing Alzheimer's and people a lot younger than the men to have it. Because mm-hmm. our brains like back in the day, we have to get up and we have to use our brain to think through everything, to store information, to remember. But now it's like, oh, I'll put it on my phone, forget about it. 
100%. It's like, what are we actually doing to challenge our brain to grow? And and that's the issue, right? It's like, well, what what do we do? Because And it's like, we're not hopeless. Like, we can reverse anything. 100%. But, like, everything's a choice. And it's like, well, where do you go from there? And, like, how does that, what does that look like? And mm. a great a great example, it's like writing the end script in, like, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um world it's you know there's all these cognitive distortions and we ca- catastrophize a lot of our own life all the time or we filter and we only see one thing versus the other thing and the issue with with those things are it means that you can say to me hey like here's the here's the issues that are going to arise and here's what's happening and this is why we're all like like fucking ourselves over essentially yeah. and then it's like well fuck that oh, that's overwhelming uh i'd oh, what do I do? I don't know what to do, so I can't do anything. Mm. Now I'm having an anxiety attack because I can't fix myself yeah. or whatever it is. And it's just like, well, the, like, I think it's really important that people understand like what it is that they should do mm. because it's like, okay, yeah, you're addicted to, in society, we might as well go down the rabbit hole. In society, we're addicted to technology. We're eating food that has no nutrient density in it anymore. We're drinking water that is fucking horrible for us and it's also killing us and then we have no real connections with people because we're socially awkward and don't know how to communicate properly anymore because of you know covid yeah it's bit like i'm i'm doing a talk in um in brisbane in a few weeks at a junior uh business chamber event and one of the things they asked me to talk about was how to communicate better yeah and i was like it's so interesting because a lot of the, the people in the, the junior chamber now are quite not so yeah socially awkward socially or it's not that they're socially awkward it's that they haven't built the skill set to communicate effectively mm. um and it's like that was because their last three years of school were from home yeah so they didn't get the opportunity to communicate so it's like well how do we fix those four things and it's like well to, to make it super simple and make it super effective and and not overwhelming at all it's like well get a pen and paper and write down what are the five issues that I'm having in my life right now for my health, my wealth, my happiness, whatever it may be, my relationship, um, my spiritual growth, whatever it is. And then like put them as like titles and then underneath there, write You know, a few things in each little category, uh, the troubles that you're having and what you want to improve. Mm. So you might go, for example, uh, oh, my happiness. One, you can't fucking chase happiness. That's bullshit. Happy, yeah. If you chase happiness, you'll be unhappy. Well, you yeah. first you'll be unhappy, then you mm. become addicted to things. 100%. Yeah. because I've got to get the high. Yeah, it's yeah. short-term instant gratification. Like, if I chase happiness, I'm going to go to the first thing that gives me that dopamine hit. 100%. I say the people is of definitely a principle I live by is do things that make me proud, then happiness mm. is an extension of that. 100%. And, it, and that's the thing. It's like, well... <laughs> with the list right it's like write your things that you want to improve and then write the things that you how you're going to improve it mm. and then that's directly correlated to what you've just said right like mm. these are all going to make you super proud super confident in yourself it's going to build um more social awareness and emotional intelligence so you can show up as a better person mm. and it's like great perfect now now i'm i'm not worried about being happy i'm not worried about Im- uh, impressing someone I'm not worried about my health because I'm now actively working on all these particular things. Yeah. Why, why do we think, uh, I feel like we should have a 
discussion about this and break it down and just see our perspectives on it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> but why do we think... Because I feel like everyone knows that yep. the habit they're doing is unhealthy yep. and unhelpful. Why do you think people know but they wait till it's too late? Like when their health becomes in a crisis or their financial becomes in a crisis or when something has to hit rock bottom, why do you feel, feel like people need to get to that stage before they make the conscious decision to change? There's so many, there's so many reasons. Um, and this is what does my head in. And this is why I created TravelFit. Yeah. It's because when I was, and I'm forever on a personal development journey and I'm forever improving myself. I'm forever working on myself to be a better human um, because by no means am I where I want to be, but I will never be where I want to be until I'm in my deathbed. But that doesn't, for the people yeah. that may interpret that wrong, that's yeah. not saying that you're not fulfilled or no. you're not you're not satisfied with life. It's, it's just that, yeah, you can It's acceptance. That. Acceptance, exactly. It's like, hey, like I get the opportunity to, to be like, man, I'm, I'm content and grateful for the journey that I'm alive. It, like, it's, I'm pretty sure it's like, I don't know, 700 trillion and one chance of being born. Yeah, because I know when people say like the kind of argument to that, if you said that I want to improve every day and that's my goal, people will be like, oh, well, you're never going to be happy in the moment. You're not going to appreciate it in the moment. Yeah. And I just want to hear your thoughts back on that. Like, what that's, would you say to that person? Well, that that's just their own perception, right? It's like, why why can't I be happy? Why why is it that whenever social awareness brings gets brought to the table, right? People are like, oh, you're always thinking about this, or you're always here, and it's like, no, I'm 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 present and I'm aware. Two things can be true. Yeah, I can enjoy life and I can keep chasing and growing. Yeah, and that comes down to those those unconscious beliefs that have been embedded on our life that. You know, the great fucking saying, what is it? YOLO. I fucking hate it. Yeah, well. You only live once. So people use that as an excuse to fucking do coke, go to strippers, uh, go on benders. How about you, you re- reinvent YOLO in another way of not just partying, yeah. but also connecting. Hey, I only live once. So I'm going to tell all the people that are in my life that I fucking love them. That's more powerful than fucking doing coke off a stripper. Yeah, you know what I mean. Way more like, powerful. like, yeah. you, okay, you're gonna you're gonna go do drugs and hide away from your, from your emotions because YOLO. No, nah, that's not YOLO. That's like, well, you like you, you're just wasting yourself there. Yeah. And like, that is not to like say that you are a waste. That is only to say that you're wasting your potential mm. and the potential of that you could be anything you want. You can see anything you want to see in life, and you know, it it is a choice and it's like, well, what choice do you want to make? And I don't believe that anyone's right or wrong. Mm. I believe that we're always in the place that we need to be and we're always going in the direction we need to go. And to touch on what you said about, you know, always self-improving, it's like, well, if you're always self-improving, the conception would be that you're always thinking about the future, right? Mm. Not necessarily. It's like, well, what's the standards that I'm upholding myself to, to hold every day? Yeah that I must fulfill in my own mission in life. Mm. Do I hit those? Great. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm stepping into being the best person that I can with um, my own internal drive and passion and purpose. But I can also have a great conversation with someone. I can go have a spontaneous trip somewhere. And and the standards that we hold ourselves to don't need to be overly crazy like they are consistently projected on social media. Do you know what I fucking hate? These fucking motivational videos, 
rule number one. Blah, 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 blah. Or 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, no. How about we change the narrative from I need to get up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. to be sex successful to and the affirmation of it's not about that time that I get up. It's about what I do in the time that I am up. It's how I utilize the time. I mm. actually felt my best when I fucked my morning routine off. The only yep. reason I had it was because I saw it on social media. 100%. And I'm not a morning person. I'm a yep. nighttime person. So I'm yep. very productive at night. But all the messages I was seeing was like, no, you got to go to bed by eight and wake up yep. at four. I'm like, but I operate differently. Like mm. I'd rather wake up at seven, mm. but go to bed at like 11. I understand. So I'm very productive at nighttime. It's like, well, you got to understand what works for you and do mm. that, but actually utilize your time perfectly. And this is, you know, this is the, the thing, right? Like we're all being impressed upon to be a certain way or act or do a certain thing and don't get me wrong like i have a i have a morning routine i'm not against morning routines but i'm against people making people feel like shit that they need to do a morning routine to be yeah. successful in their life there's a difference between like having a morning routine and just taking responsibility of your life you can't embed everything you have in a morning routine to be the thing that dictates whether you're successful in life it's a responsibility like what responsibility are you showing up as a person to take the action that's going to produce 80% of the results from 20% of the action, right? Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to be like, okay, so I did X, Y, and Z in the morning. Am I successful yet? No, fuck off. Yeah. How about you go do the two things that you keep procrastinating on every day that are hard in an hour? Yeah, and that's why I say being proud is something I look to as a principle rather mm. than happiness or anything like that. Because when I reflect back on my day, I'm like, am I proud of what I did today? Was I courageous? Did, I, did I live by honor today? And it's like, cool. Did I do everything I said I would? Yes. Well, I'm proud of that. Yeah. By extension, I'm happy. By extension, I'm fulfilled. By extension, I just fucking feel great. And it's like mm. setting every day up to complete the task I say I will and be proud of that. And this is coming from two people who would live in the past by the stereotypical YOLO lifestyle. Like we both used to live like that. Like yep. religiously yep <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> but this is also just proof that you can actually break that cycle break those habits break those patterns and put your life in a whole different path by making more conscious decisions on where you actually want to go mm. well it's it's yeah at the end of the day it's re it's responding versus reacting and I, I literally said this to you before it keeps coming up so much lately and it's like there's obviously something that needs to be said on it because a lot of the time it's like hey, like, oh, well, that's just not who I am or or I've got all these things happening in my life and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you, you're just reacting, right? You're, you're living in your amygdala. Mm. Like you're, you're in and the great thing that Tice says when he does some of the mindset workshops for Trail Fit, he's like, call, call your amygdala Amy. Yeah. Amy the bitch. <laughs> always fucking like complaining, always trying to make escalate things to something that doesn't need to be. Just making life harder than it needs to be. And it's like, hey, Amy, chill. So that's what he calls, Ty calls it. I call it like my my um, my um grandma. Yeah. So I've got this 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 caring uh, grandma who's like, Chris, you know, just put, put your jacket on. It's cold outside, sweetie. And me like, it's, it's literally sunny. It's fine. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Like, And just like, you know, understanding that these are just neurochemical responses from a deficiency in ourselves. And it's not personal. It means this is what I personally believe and take it with a grain of salt, do what you please with it. But I honestly have just come to the conclusion that everything is just an emotional response based on deficiencies that we have in our health. Yeah, well, it's feedback. Mm. 
Like, for, I'll give a perfect example right there. I think, I'm not sure if I told you this or not, but like about 12 months ago, I was feeling very much like I got a big brain frog. I would um, jump on podcasts and I couldn't pay attention. I couldn't listen. Like, I felt like I kept zoning out. I was like, oh, something's wrong here. Like, I need to go get this checked out. So I went to the doctors and he's like, you got anxiety. Mm. Like, try to give me a script for like anxiety medication. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't like, I know I don't have anxiety. Like, yeah. I work in mental health. I've had anxiety in the past. Like, I know exactly what anxiety feels like. He tried to convince me and I was like, brother, let me have a blood test. Yeah. He's like, all right, fine, we'll give you a blood test. Like, he wasn't happy about it. And I was like, oh, all right. So I went and got the blood test done. I went back the next week. I was like, oh, you're deficient in B12. I was like, all right, cool. So I started eating more foods with B12 in it and supplementing B12. And guess what? Within two to four weeks, it went away. Mm. Didn't feel it again. 100%. And, <laughs> and this is what drives, drives me mad. And, and by her, I, think, I do think that doctors do cop so much shit and they are bastardized way too much than they need to be. Yeah, I it's, wasn't it's, saying yeah, that. Yeah. In oh no, degrading like, the know, doctor, no. but it's like, but it's, it's education. It's, it's education, right? Yeah, it's it's like, and that this is the issue. It's like, I think it's important that it's like, hey, like we we create the understanding that um, doctors have their place and they they know their lane, right? But there's a lot of lack of education in the holistic Western uh, Eastern side of things. A great example is it's like, well, okay, well they're, they're really based on like, uh, like medicines and like they've had, is it eight years or 10 years of like practicing one certain way. Now imagine that, you know, we talked about conditioning through marketing. Now imagine I'll probably cop, cop some shit from this, but imagine being conditioned for eight to 10 years mm. on a certain way of how you practice to be a doctor. Mm. No wonder they believe that's the way. Yeah. I know doctors that um, don't believe in that way. Like they believe in that way, but they also lean more towards the holistic side of things. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like that's awareness, that's education, right? So it's like, well, cool. Well, where do we go from here? Yeah. And it's like, well, we just have to take response. This is where responsibility comes into play. Is like everyone's looking to push on to someone else to solve their problems, which is fine. And we need these people. We need other professionals. However, we also have a due diligence in our own lives to be like what you did, which is like, hey, no, I want to look at another route. Yeah. And then you take that responsibility to be like, no, it like this is my right. Yeah. And I'm gonna push it. And if you've got a problem with it, then that's cool, but I'll go find a doctor who's actually efficient. Yeah, and I think it's it's important to be curious in life with whatever mm. it is, whether it's your own health or whether it's things that are pushed Don't be afraid to ask you. questions. Ask questions, exactly. Like, don't just follow along straight away. Mm. And with this doctor, like, you think with doctors as well, like, they're just smashed with appointments, one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other for like 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes, there's a new patient coming in. Mm. And it's like, it's very repetitive for them. So I have a lot of, um, like, empathy for doctors as well. But I recommend they're similar to nurses. Yeah, they see so much shit all the time that they lose their. They have compassion fatigue. Yeah, which is understandable because they get abused yeah. like verbally a lot, even physically sometimes. So I feel I I, I feel feel for them. Hey, like because I can relate in the sense of like a lot of like I hear a lot of things all the time from different people in different areas of the life that comes with running trail fit right. Mm. I have a skill set that I understand how to manage those interactions so that I don't get emotionally dumped on and I don't take on too much. So it's like I have that skill set, but I didn't at one point and then I was was burning out all the time. How did you acquire that skill set? 
responsibility. Looking out, asking questions, finding out more, going to people who knew more than me mm. and being like, how do I, um, how do I maneuver around this? Mm. That's the biggest thing. And I, I, I think it's important to touch on like anxiety and depression because it just gets overthrown. <sighs> it gets overthrown as it's your fucking trauma from the past. I wasn't going to say it, but I had to. <laughs> it's your trauma from the past. And this is why you are this person today. It's like, yeah, that plays a role. Mm. But maybe it's just the fact that you're eating like a piece of shit and you're not breathing right and you're hanging around people who are calling you a fuckhead. You're not exercising, yeah. you're isolating yourself, yeah. you know, and you're not actually doing things that actually fulfill you or serve you or make you yeah. feel good. Are you traumatized or are you just not looking after yourself properly and you're not being the caring adult that you need in your life? It goes back to patterns as well. Like the yeah. trauma could be the per- the reason why you're the person you are today because mm. it made you do certain patterns and things like that. But it's like you can choose to do different patterns. Do you want to sit in your own shit forever? Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like this is the headbutt the headbutt that I have with people yeah. and it's just like well Chris you can't just say that because you just you don't know that what their upbringing's like and you're like you're exactly right I don't know what your upbringing's like and I don't understand mm-hmm. and that's completely fine but what I do understand is we can magnify things in life from a microfire to a bushfire quite quickly based on the way that we respond mm-hmm. and it's like cool like I've had my fair share of fucking traumatic events in my life but did I let it dictate who I am as a person yeah I no Exactly. And I've seen this like a couple of years ago when I used to do more so like um, mental health support for adults. Mm. A lot of my clients at the time were diagnosed with schizophrenia, but they were the most happiest fulfilled people in the world. Cause like, even though their experience in life has been traumatic, they've accepted it. And then the steps now is to build a life that they feel like it's going to serve them, fulfill them and try and live the best life possible. Mm. But they were the most happiest fulfilled people in life and actually enjoyed life the most. It's because they weren't attached themselves to the diagnosis they were given. They're not attached themselves to the things the that labels. happened. The labels <laughs> and everything else. They're actually like, cool, this is what I've got, but what can I do now? Mm. And a lot of people love to sit in the shit. They love to sit in a victim mindset of like, this is why I'm the way I am. I've got to continue these habits. I've got to continue being like this. It's like, no, you fucking don't. No. And <laughs> make the choice. And, and it's like, it's just, it's good to make this clear too. It's like, we're, I'm not against like trauma work and I'm not against yeah. like, you know, people having really bad upbringings and me being like, Oh, just harden up and get over it. No, I understand like, you know, like there's, there's like awareness, there's acceptance and there's acknowledging what you need to do from here. Yeah. And this is something that, uh, Ty talks about as well. And it's smart dude, really, really cool dude. Um, and he calls it a triple A battery. And what's a, what's a battery, right? It's filling your cup. It's charging up. It's like, and how do we do that? You know, awareness, acceptance, acknowledgement. Mm. And from there, boom, done. I probably bastardized that, butchered yeah. that a little bit. But 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 it, it, it's, it's you can see that that is allowing people to see what's happening, understand it, mm. and then take the responsibility and the action to move on in their life. And, and understanding that, we you know, we all, a great example is like, you know, when someone gets stressed, a lot of people will start to catastrophize or they'll start to talk in a certain way of like hey like your your thing isn't as stressful as mine Mm. and it's like well does your body actually understand the different scenarios of stress yeah essentially it's having the same response it's the same response Mm. 
and what might not seem a lot to you might seem a lot a lot to me mm. and vice versa so it's like full acceptance right it's, yeah. it's like well and and this is why i'm so passionate about like just being a better human it's like the more like love that we bring into the world and the less judgment we we project that the better our society grows and the better we become as a person and we you know we talk about god right yeah and you've been on a bit of a journey with this and i've been a bit, bit of a journey with this and I've, I've i really do believe that it's like well there's a bit out there for people listening in if they're not into it but anyway um there's there's two roads right there's like well, what do we define like god as and i believe god is just like divine and it's just like acceptance, it's love, it is just the the core beliefs of, you know, creating a functioning, healthy, happy society. Mm. And what is the devil? And the devil that I believe is divide. Mm. People fighting against each other, hate, judgment, um, resentment, uh, not looking after themselves, not showing up as the best person that they can be, just pure chaos. Wars externally and internally. 100%, absolutely. You know, the, the great great thing, it's like, well, do who do you want to be, right? Like, do you want to be, John Peterson talks about, you know, the it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a wall, right? Mm. It's because the garden is dangerous than the warrior. Yeah. Because of the chaos and, and, and the anger in himself because he doesn't realise... One, how powerful he is, but two, he's got probably full of he's full of like resentment and anger and, and doesn't trust in himself. He's got no confidence. Mm. He doesn't know what he can do. And that negative emotion projects onto the world. Yeah. So he can't protect anyone because he doesn't realise his power or his potential. Mm. Whereas the warrior he knows he's dangerous. He knows he's there to protect. He knows that he can he can hurt and he, he can do what he needs to do, but he also knows that is that awareness of the world is seen the dangers and he understands what is out there. Mm. Does that make sense? 100%. And like, especially in today's society, I see a lot of satanic shit getting pushed into the world. Mm. Like it's fucking everywhere, especially through like um, entertainment industry. It's very... You see Sam Smith's Super Bowl Stress out the devil. Lil Nas X twerking <laughs> on the devil. Doja Cat just released a song, um, Idolizing the Devil. Yeah. Like, and this is all getting pushed to audience of children. Yeah. And it's like, where's the message of God? Where's the mm. message? I'm like, whatever you interpret God as, because I feel like the word God has a big stigma on it. Yeah. Because people confuse God and religion with the politics that people use to weaponize religion for. Mm. So politics and religion are on the same thing. It's just some people use their own politics to be able to weaponize religion to get benefits and gains out of life. That's not what religion really is. Mm. That's not what God really is. And like when you really break it down to understand what it is, like you said, it's all about love. It's mm. all about light. It's all about living by certain principles so we can all live the best human experience as possible. Mm. And like I've seen so many things in the Bible as I've been reading it over the last few weeks. The Bible was written over 3,000 years ago. I want to read it. I'm like, these things are happening today. Mm. This book's 3,000 years old. And like 3,000 years ago, we didn't have a society we did now. It's completely different, especially with like the um, manufacturing and like just industrial and whatnot. Like the world's completely different. Yep. The same shit is repeating. And, and you know, you talk about like, and to, to, for like people listening in as well to this, it's like that there's a big, misconception is you hear the word God and you start to freak out and you're like, oh, they're fucking like, they're going to try and sell us onto some Bible thing and blah, blah, blah. It's like, not really. It's like position it in a way that like feels good to you. I'm not telling you to fucking follow God. 
do your own thing. I don't care. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, and you're saying is like, there's value in learning about everything in the world and to close yourself off to learning about this area in life, close yourself off to the ignorance of learning about everything else that has been around in life from wars to becoming a, a person of value to exploring, you know, what, where are we going as a society? Even like there's a book called the fourth turning mm. and that talks about this four, four um, cycles that last so many years uh, in our, in our life, yeah. in our lifetimes or throughout life. Sorry. And it's like every cycle has got a different thing and you, <laughs> it's so interesting because like you look at these different cycles, it's like peace, love cycle, kind of chaotic cycle, um, industrial revolutional kind of cycle, like, uh, innovation cycle, things like that. But you look back in time and you can time it mm. year by year. You look at charts, it's it showcases that this is legitimate and that there there is density to this all actually having meaning. You know, you talk about like, I don't know, we've got like proverbs and things like that, right? Yeah. Why is it that when we talk about being a good person, what like a great example it's like what what are some value values that come f- up for you like three three values that come up for you to be a good person mm. well I, values and principles mm. so what principles I, yeah so, More so what i do every day is i'm free it's proud yeah courageous and honor yeah so i reflect back on my day and i feel those three things i've now had with, a great day with those three things there's sentences in the bible that talk about those thing three things right yeah be kind to others Look after your neighbors. Yeah. Um, what's another one? Like, I don't know. But there's, there's like, like, there's so many that like really relate to having standards. And this is where we talk about standards in life and taking responsibility in life. Mm. It's just literally being a good human being. Good human being. Yeah. And that's it. Mm. Um, I didn't think we were going to talk about this today, but I'm <laughs> glad we have. Um, yeah. But, but it's part of our own experience. I think it's a big part of both our own experiences at the mm. moment is this whole journey of. God, religion, however we perceive that, but I think it's a big part of well, even spirituality, spirituality right? in general. Yeah, you look at the spiritual community, and fuck, here we go. I'm gonna have my house burnt down. Um, but you look at spirituality, and to me, there's two routes with that, right? You can have that as like quite a satanic road, and you can have that as quite a righteous road. And it's like, well, which one? What's the difference? Like, spiritual, spiritual, right? I believe in the universe. I believe in karma i believe in manifestation blah blah blah. that's it surely no there's heaps more um you can go down the road of what they call like i guess dark magic or or down the road of more satanic stuff and it's like well if you're manipulating emotional people trying to manipulate people in an emotional way out of using some of these tools that are out there um then that's probably not more of a righteous path whereas if you're going down the right side and you're your um, you know, you talk about manifestation, right? And this is what I find quite interesting. It's like manifestation's real. I've experienced it numerous times. Now there's rules to it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you can't just, you know, sit on sit on a couch and eat a sandwich and be like, I want a million dollars. It's like, no, Susan, it's not going to happen that way. But what it what it what it does kind of teach you is it's like, well, all you're doing is activating on a scientific level, activating your reticular activation system. Mm. You're putting 
information into your brain to search for a specific thing and you're getting the gps to take you there i was just about to say that i feel like manifestation for me is having my eyes open to opportunities when they present themselves 100 Mm percent. now what is the difference between saying i really want to have this in my life um you know and you just start you sit there and you visualize it and things like that what is the difference between that Mm. and praying nothing nothing so you could use, like, I don't know, this is just my belief, and again, take it with a grain of salt. It's just like, well, if you look at the world and you're like, okay, cool, well, spiritual world, religious world, normal society world, there's no differences between any of them, mm. only the label or the identity that we allow ourselves to believe. I'm a person of God. Okay, cool. Mm. That the identity that you want to live by, wonderful. I don't believe in God. Okay, cool. That's the identity that you want to live by. I believe in spirituality. Great. So you believe in the universe. That's the identity you live by. Mm. All right, cool. Well, how about we talk about how they're all really distinctly the same. Yeah. It's just a different label and it's a different belief and value. I feel like when you talk about this stuff, like want to be a good human, do good, mm. be good. I feel like for some reason people want to bring you down for saying that, like he's full of himself. He's egotistical. Mm. How dare he speak like that? But if you speak in such a derogatory way or you speak in the very, um, in the way that's not, probably more so hate towards Mm. yourself or other people, people start to feel sorry for you or they feel more Mm. acceptance around that. But if you start speaking good or you start speaking about you doing good, people want to drag you down for speaking like this. I don't, Mm. it still baffles my mind why people want to pull people down. And, and this happens all the time. Mm. And I'll tell you how I deal with it personally. Yeah. I don't really deal with much of it these days because I don't really have a tolerance for it. So I don't allow people into my life that yeah. are like that. I'm pretty strict these days. <laughs> and if someone comes at me with that kind of attitude or that kind of persona, then I'm pretty quick to shut it down. And it's like, well, let's just like address a few things here. So one is like, well, one, how do like, why are people like that? Um, we'll start with that. So ha- why are people like that? Well, well, realistically, it's just they're just projecting themselves. They're unhappy in life. Mm. They have no real beliefs, so they don't know what to embed themselves and they don't have any kind of guidance in life. So they're trying to take someone down because they're addicted to negativity or bring someone down to make themselves feel more powerful. Mm. And when you, you break that down on a deeper level, all it is, it's just them trying to manage energy. They're trying to take more energy out of your life to bring into theirs so that they can feel like they have something mm. of value in life, but they don't. Yeah. Um, so it's just like an energy wrestle. Yeah. That's all it is. They're just trying to get more energy so that they can feel like they're better or more empowered or, mm a more righteous person or whatever you want to call it. That's why I don't pay attention to it. Mm. Like I've read like very, very rarely I get negative comments. Mm. Never do it, just delete them. Well, yeah. Oh, you just, you show full compassion and love to those people. It's just yeah. like, it, it's so interesting the amount of times that I've, I've dealt with certain negative people. And then when I go in there with like, Hey, like, are you okay? Like, or what's up or what, like what pulled you to kind of talk like that? Mm. Like, they revert back. Yeah. I do that it, if I'm in person yeah, with someone, yeah. but online, I just, mm. I feel like it's hard to get through to people. Well, you just say like, thanks for, thanks for your, your um, feedback, your feedback <laughs> and look, all the love, you know, yeah. 
Like just leave it at that and you yeah, move true. on with your life. You don't attach yourself emotionally to these people. Yeah. The, the reason, so that's what I believe is the reason. And then it's like, well, how do you handle people? Which we just talked about with, with love yeah. and awareness, but also understanding that like, you know, I feel a full understanding that everyone's on their own journey. And there's something that I'm really trying that I've been wrestling with lately. It's like trying to be so much more compassionate for people because I'm not right. Mm. They're not right. We're right in our own ways, but we're just kind of cruising through and living our life and learning. We're all on the same journey. So it's like everything external to us is just another projection of our internal world. And the sooner that we start to accept that we're the reason that there's chaos around us, the sooner the chaos goes. Yeah, 100%. And like we can all have the same information, but we all interpret it differently Mm. due to our own experiences, our own values, our own beliefs. Yep. And that forms a whole different perspective to the same piece of information. Just I, I saw this quote and it's like, me and you could go to an art museum and each piece of art we'll look at differently, all down to how we perceive that piece of art and what it's telling us. 100%. But it's the same piece of art. And that's the, the, the beliefs that we have been like exposed to. Yeah. And I feel or we've cultivated. Cultivated, 100%. And like I feel like with myself, ever since I started to have this sense of God within me, like all it wants me to do, I feel like all it's made me want to do is spread more love into the world mm. and be more love and spread that goodness out there. And like it, it really does motivate me in times where I'm just sitting around like I'm gonna do something good right now. And I did mm. that not last night but the night before. I um, do you know Twitch the streaming platform? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went on Twitch and I found someone streaming on Fortnite with zero viewers, with zero zero people engaging. I was like, I'll go on to the first person I see that has their face in it as well so I can actually interact with them. So I sat there for about 10 minutes just talking to them and having a conversation. And I just donated 10 bucks to them. I like, love that. Yeah, and I just yeah. sent, and I sent like a whole paragraph with the 10 bucks just saying like like all positive affirmation type stuff. And you could just see like how much that sparked their day. And you never know, like little things like that could be the motivator for him want to continue that path. 100%. Or you never know if he had a bad experience that day and that could change his whole day. Or he could have had a good day that's motivated him to do something good as well. Like you never know what the Act, extension is from this. Acts of kindness is so much more powerful than we believe. Remember the socks yeah, from the, the retreat socks, went yeah. on. And, and it's just like, I, 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 think, I think a great thing that people really should like maybe ask themselves a question is it's like, hey, do I want to be someone in life who pulls people back or catapults them forward? Mm. Who do you want to be? Yeah. I want to be someone who catapults people forward. Yeah. I want to see people shine. Yeah. Reach that potential. And it's beautiful when you start seeing people, like when you start, when you see someone and you know they're at a point in their life where they want change mm. and then you reflect back of them in six months time and you see them on a path that's making them feel better as a human. Yeah. Like how much fucking, how much goodness does that make you feel? You can, you can look at someone's eyes and you can t- tell straight away whether they're unhappy or they're, or they're content and um, proud of themselves and they're, yeah. you know, they're thriving versus the surviving versus thriving state. Mm. And um, it, it's, I don't know if it's easy for everyone, but I find it really easy these days to kind of look at someone. Um, there is a, a lesson to learn that you, ca- you, you can't enable everyone, mm. which is, I find quite hard because I love to support and help people, yeah. but it's something that you can't do because you always must make sure that your own cup's full before you, you try and help others. Definitely. Um, but it, it's so interesting. Like, it's just like you look at someone, you see someone that, that's unhappy. 
but you know that you can help. But one of those things that is really hard, it's this like people have to make their own decisions as well. Mm. But doing something like that allows you to plant a seed and now it's up to them to water it. Yeah, 100%. And it makes so much sense because I just recorded an episode um, last week. It's not, it's not out yet. It'll be out by the time this episode comes out. But it was with a coach who helps men quit porn and do nofap. Wild. Yeah. So like, and he was like, I could just see with him, like he was glowing. And I was yeah. speaking to him virtually because he's over in London. But he was telling me like how he loves someone come in who's addicted to porn because they've just done it from the age of 12 without even knowing they're doing it. Now they're 30 and want to try and break this habit and they realize it's an addiction and whatnot. He goes, within six months, he goes, you can tell that this person's whole aura has changed. Mm. He's like, people will quit porn. Not They will not tell anyone that they've quit porn. People don't even know they've done porn, but people know the change within them mm. just by quitting doing that or quitting fapping just because of their energy's changed. And he's like, you can see people's aura. Like mm. you just feel different around these people. You feel their energy. Bros, I don't do that shit, eh? Yeah. Like, I'm not about it. <laughs> yeah, porn? Like, yeah, no, I don't no, watch porn. Porn, fapping, yeah. not about it. Just not for me. Yeah. And like... I remember when I stopped doing it like and it was just like so much more power like you know a great example is like you want to like oh well what's it do Chris well well it actually stops you releasing more estrogen and you build up more testosterone mm-hmm. more testosterone as a man that you have the more you're going to be um, one proactively thinking because it changes neurochemicals every time we um, we fat because it releases more dopamine so we get more and more addicted to it, as we know. Um, but also, too, it allows us to start to cultivate to keep even level, levels of testosterone mm. um, versus too much estrogen getting released. Now, you imagine also, I guess, like the, the fantasizations, that's a word, uh, yeah. fantasizations, <laughs> how do you say it? I don't know, um, that, that you have with these, these virtual girls impacts your relationships in the future, too. And yeah. then you just look at, women in a certain way versus like true beauty mm. well, actually actually going back to what we we're talking about before connection yeah real we're connection actually connecting because mm. we're, we're thinking so sexual mm. because of our ideas of what porn is and actually seeping into our mind to think a certain way and mm. to act on impulse the thing that i was talking about with this dude his name was ben um one thing is it also bends out your dopamine as well yeah your dopamine receptors are just getting depleted but another thing we talked about was that especially for men it makes you your emotional uh control go out the window and also makes you act on impulse Mm. so you have men who are emotionally weak and acting on impulse what's going to happen in the world when you have those two things mixed together pretty dangerous right yeah mixed with the over sexualization of women Mm. rape happens domestic Mm. violence happens like a lot of evil happens i know people may think oh well this is just the extreme of it but we don't think the of the extremes of the habits we're doing, then we're not aware of the potential of the things we're doing and what they can manifest into. 100%. And something like Ted Bundy, for an example, and we're talking about this as well. Ted Bundy, him and all the people he's in jail with all had an extreme porn addiction. Mm. And they all talked about that. Before the porn addiction, they didn't have tendencies to hurt people. But because the more extreme that their tendencies got and their addiction got, the more extreme things they had to do to fulfill that. So that's when... Rape happens, murder happens, and all these dangerous things. And I think if you keep exposing yourself to things like porn, it's so dangerous for your mind. Well, what's alcohol? It's a toxin to the body and the brain. Mm. So, like, what happens when you constantly uh, toxify your body and your brain? Mm. 
and then we put ourselves in pretty manic states in irrational emotional places yeah. so then we start to act out of an emotional and a reactive place so then we start to make dumb decisions yeah. and it's like people i've seen so many good people like ruin their lives because they just embed themselves in alcohol yeah. and it absolutely kills me i hate yeah. it um Same. i'm not saying that you don't drink like that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is it's like take responsibility it's like well you know, where's the standards? Where's the responsibility? How it's are you like looking after yourself? Yeah. Limits. And, you know, we talk about like extremes and I, 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 um, you hear people all the time do this. They're like, Oh, well, why, why do you, why do you do this? For a great example. It's like, well, what, why don't you drink? And it's like, well, I don't drink because one, I don't like feeling like shit. Two, I know it will, re-embed a habit of me drinking more which then gets me closer to then being less energetic less myself and starting to get addicted again to something and Eating addicted is compound interest bro it's just like all right well a great example it's like porn oh i'm just gonna do it once all right cool you do it once you're gonna do it again everything is compound interest you're gonna go from a dollar in your account to twenty thousand dollars in your account now when we talk about dollars we're talking about hit points mm. it's like the the space between the hit points or the actions or the habits that you consistently do over time builds quickly especially if you do it once you enjoy it yeah because of the dopamine mm. and then people think like they'll never be me i'll never be that person but it's like if we don't actually think of the extremes we don't even know what our own potential is mm. if we don't even think about where we can where this path can lead to like even with myself, when I started doing drugs, I don't think I'm going to be addicted. Mm. I'm not going to smoke ice just because I started smoking weed. I'm not saying people that smoke weed lead into smoking ice, but that was my own personal experience. But that became because I needed more extreme things to feel a certain way. 100%. And it's like you got to be aware of the consequences of your actions. And then up from there on, it's a decision what you want to do. 100% responsibility hey i just i'm gonna keep saying the responsibility <laughs> until people take responsibility that's the name of the life. podcast <laughs> yeah well there we don't take responsibility <laughs> yeah. but but that, that's it right it's just like well how many times do you need like this is this is the conclusion that i've come to it's like well how many how many times do you re, do you need to hear it five times or five thousand times to change something in your life to take responsibility to look after your health to look after your finances to look after the people that you love to tell someone that you love them to change the narrative of your own internal dialogue like what extreme do you want to fucking take this to like do you want to get to a point where you are alone isolated you are manic and crazy because you've you've pushed it so far to a point because you you refuse to take responsibility in your life and it's like well take the road that's easy right you'll you'll live a hard life or take the take the road that's hard and you'll live an easy life Two, two roads, which one are you going to choose? One's going to take you down a, a path that's going to be hard regardless, but one's going to give you a reward while the other's not. And this is the issue we see with people being homeless mm. and people like, you know, losing everything. They can say, they can blame the situation. They'd be like, well, this happened and this happened. It's like, well, no, you put yourself in that situation. Mm. And I don't care what you say, like you're responsible. Oh, well, this just kept happening and this person did this. Well, they're doing they're working in their best intentions. They're taking responsibility of their life. Just because they're taking responsibility of their life doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means you have not made the decision to take control in your life. And it's like, well, how 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 long are you going to play the fucking victim, right? Like, stop 
being that person and just get the fuck up and do something. Yeah. One thing that I did, because I used to very much be in the victim mindset, things happen against me like I'm woo-woo me, basically, you know. So one thing I started to do was I'd ask myself the question when I feel like the world's going against me is what could I have done better? Mm. What decisions could I have done better? Not in the moment of when that event happened, but building up to it. Like why did it happen in the first place? Reflecting, How did it happen? right? Like Reflecting. Every, you talked about at the end of every day you reflect, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, it's not hard to be like, hey, what can I take responsibility for today? And what can I reflect on? Say it's an interaction. Say you you're, you walked up to me in the street and you're like, you're a piece of shit. And I'll be like, oh, that was fucking inappropriate. First, <laughs> first up, I'd be like, that, that wasn't cool. Yeah. Um, but it's like, let's just say that like, you know, a great my my reaction i won't say response because it wouldn't be a response response is logical my reaction was to punch you in the face yeah and then then we just get into barney right yeah at the end of the day i sit at the end of my bed and i say what did i do today i did x y and z what happened that i could have responded better to probably shouldn't have thrown a punch yeah what could i have i done instead this mm. you start to do that every day you then become an order, auditor of your life. Once you can audit your life, then you become a director of your life. Yeah. Once you start directing your life, you start cultivating your life. And you, there's levels. I keep hitting this. Sorry. <laughs> there's levels to this, right? It's like you go from underneath auditor, you just got a floater. They're just cruising. Audit is the first step to changing your life forever. And that's the first thing I ever did. Cognitive behavioral therapy stuff was just life-changing for me. All right, great. Well, okay, I now know how to be aware and have emotional intelligence of how I'm interacting in my environment, my life, and I'm taking responsibility. So it's like, all right, well, I'm ready to take more responsibility. I'm going to start directing the life that I need. Mm. What does that What does that look like for me directing my life? Well, it now means that I'm starting to take away the limitations that I perceive that are in life, and I'm starting to take away the victim mentality. And I'm starting to take daily action towards reflecting, mm. creating gratitude, cultivating things that I'm going to do that's going to push me in the right direction. All right, great. Well, what's after a director? Well, now I own I own the studio. Yeah. I'm a master in life. Mm. So, like, do you want to take the steps to get yourself from a floater to a master? And if so, good for you. That's great mm. because your life is – you've now got freedom. Yeah. You now have happiness because you don't chase it. You create it. Yeah, and the more you consciously work on that, mm. the more easier it gets to be automatically just responsive. 100%. Like – in the past, I'll be very angry and reactive. Like I used to have a lot of anger within me. Then now something happens. Like I don't even process anger. I don't even process anything like that. Straight away, I'm not reactive at all. Mm. Like I love every now and then it could happen, but I know straight away I'll get myself out of it. But most of the time now, like I don't react. It's because I feel like you can train yourself to get to a point where you just think, like, oh, okay. Like you're not actually so emotionally involved in every little thing that happens every that, day. That's that triple A battery row. Yeah. That's that uh, awareness, acceptance and acknowledgement. What mm. needs to come next or whatever it is. Ty's probably <laughs> going to send me a message and be like, Chris, you absolutely ruined that triple A thing. Oh, that wasn't actually the words. And, but you know, that's Ty, um, come on the poly, that's, brother. <laughs> that's what I picked up from him anyway. Um, but, but, but that's the thing, right. And like, Tapping into, I guess, like, or talking about per se, like, how you perceive things, a great example would be, all right, so let's just say that there's a park and every time you go past that park, 
something bad happened there. So you feel that consistent emotion arise and you're reacting to it. And it's like, well, how do we change that? Well, we create a new emotional home for that place. Mm. I'm going to go from having a, a, I know, great example, a breakup in the park, not broken up in the park, um, but <laughs> great example, um, to having a picnic in the park with friends and family that I love. Mm. Now I go past that park and I feel great. Yeah, And that is a prime example of like, all you have to do is create a new experience or a new response to something or someone to change how you respond in life versus react in life. Mm. That's, I think it's just like game changing. 100%. Like when I first quit drugs, people were confused. Like how you still hanging around drugs all the time? Mm. Like when I was sober, when yeah. I first got sober, I'm like, because I don't feel the initial reaction to do it. Like I'm, I've accepted this so much where I'm at a point now where I can be around it not have temptations, not be triggered, not be anything. Like, I can just be around them. It's cool. Mm. I'm not saying now I'm around those environments, but when no. I first quit, I could be. No. It's fine. You know? and, and a big thing is, like, even a friend of mine, he, he went back home and there's people he used to hang out with and then he was back home, so he started hanging around them and, and he said to me, he's like, like, I don't want to be around these people, like – you know, like they're just not on like my level or where I want to go. And and I said to him, I was like, maybe you need to take away the perspective of you think you're better than them yeah, and replace it with what can I learn from them or how can I inspire them to change their life? Yeah, because when I jump on podcasts and people interview me, they always ask me like, oh, how many people do you have to cut off and things like that? And I'm like, I've still got all the same friends. A lot of them have grown mm. on this journey with me, but I didn't have to cut people off because at the end of the day, like I've built such a deep relationship with these people. They're still the same people with the same values. And I still love them. It's respect, bro. Like, yeah, you it's, know. Just res- it's respect, but it's just like, just because I quit doesn't mean that they're less than me and they're whatnot. Like I still see them as my equals. It's just I'm on a different path. And that's mm. fine. And, and I think that's a misconception. A lot of the time people are like, oh, you've got to you're going to cut all these people out of your life or you're going to stop hanging around lose it. And like, now let's clarify this because I don't like to say those things, cliffhangers and then just leave them because yeah, yeah. pe- people create their own scenarios and they, oh, X, Y, and Z said this and blah, blah, blah. blah. And Gary V's horrendous for it. He says all this shit and then just leaves it. Yeah. And it's like, well, where's the explanation, right? Like no wonder people are losing their mind or getting crazy or they don't understand how to create wealth or blah, blah, blah. blah. It's because like he's saying quotes, yeah. And it's like these can be magnified into something mm. more or catastrophized into something more. So it's like, well, from that, it's like, well, how, how do you you, you um, change that perspective of not I can still hang around with people that I used to, but I also need to hang around more people that um, are on a level that I want to be on. Mm. And it's like, well, it it's just goes down to like, well, I'm going to spend – have a, a monthly catch up with some of the home dogs, yeah. <laughs> home slices, um, you know, whenever I do and, and that like, but I know who I am now and I can put myself in those environments because I'm not going to subside to who I used to be. Yeah. And everyone in the room respects who I am right now. And that's why we're sitting at this table. Yeah. But I'm also going to find a lot of cool other people as well that are, you know, in a place that I want to be or they're on the same level. That's the way I look at it. Like yeah. I'm not losing anything. I'm no. gaining, no. gaining more into life. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's all about like appreciating everything and not being this person that's like, yo, I'm gonna fucking cut this person off because they just ain't killing it. Blah 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 blah. And it's like, well, no, you can still talk to these people. Yeah. 
it's just like, well, just be more mindful about your time. Yeah, 100%. I feel like when I quit drugs, if I just cut everyone off and stopped hanging around that environment and stayed on a different path, I'm like, well, I never got comfortable in those environments with this new perspective of who I believe I am. So who am I when I go back into these environments? Will I just give in and fold into pressure because I haven't built the resilience of saying no, or I haven't built the willpower. But being around those environments still when I, when I first quit made me realize I have decisions, I have choices, I'm the one in control. 100%. And now I'm in those environments, which is basically never like around drugs. Um, but if I do ever get around it, I know I'm comfortable enough to be around it. Mm. I have any temptation whatsoever yeah. because I built that resilience and willpower to be around it and not having an emotional reaction to it. 100%. Mm. And that's just because you know who you are. Yeah, 100%. And it, it, I find it super interesting. Eh? It's like yeah, so many people don't know who they are and it's not because they don't know who they are. It's because they haven't chosen who they want to be. Mm. It's because what they are is a projection of the values and beliefs that have been projected onto them. Like who they're projected... So like school systems, parents, whatever it is, a lot of it can be good intention of who we want our kids to be or who we want our students to be. But they are programmed to be that way. And I feel mm. like that's where a lot of people have like that identity crisis because they realize like none of my beliefs and values are actually what I believe in mm. or they're not actually what I believe my values are. But then once you start understanding yourself and going on that journey or that self-discovery, you learn so much about who you truly are. Then you can start living the life in your own terms. 100%. And I, I just like... I think it's wild that people think it's harder than what it is to change who you are, but it's quite easy. It's just like you can change who you are in like three months if you really wanted to. Even a, you can change yourself. You know, you could be a fucking tree tomorrow if you wanted to. You could sit. <laughs> you can stand in the forest, right? And you'd be like, "I'm going to be a tree forever." It all comes down to habits. That's how it can be changed. You just keep. You Simple just stay habits. in that forest, right? Yeah. And you just stand there. Yeah. And you don't leave. But a prime example is like a, an objection that a lot of people would have. For, well, you know what, you know, you've just got X, Y, and Z, or you, you know, you've had this, or you've been lucky, or blah, 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 blah. It's just like, well, no, here's how I, here's how I changed who I was, and you're probably really similar. Mm. Who do I want to be? And what do I want to have in my life? And what does that look like? Mm. How do I get all my senses? How do I get my smell? How do I hear? How do I feel? Like getting all your senses in what your visualization looks like of you in the future. Mm. And this is why I love visualization meditations because it really embeds in people how to close the gap between who they are now into who they're going to be if they choose or who they want to be. Mm. And it's like, well, if I was this, and this is a great question to ask, it's like, well, if I was this person, what would I be doing today and how would I act like this person? That's a great question to ask yourself. It's good. Mm. And it's great because it actually allows someone to embody the life that they want. Yeah. A great example is a goal of mine is to only work eventually four hours a day. Mm. What do I do some days? I just work four hours a day. Yeah. And you'd be surprised that more happens in four hours a day, like more opportunities arise in those four hour day work days mm. and then when i do a 17 hour day yeah why do you think that is it's because i'm leaning into who i'm working towards being mm. and the universe god everything that is working with you sees that you're doing that now if you don't embody who you want to be 
you don't start to do what that future self would do, how the fuck are you going to be that person or live that life? How are you going to get there? Yeah. And you might say, well, I just don't have the resources at this time or I just don't have that. And it's just like, well, why don't you just start acting like you do? Yeah. And then eventually it'll start to happen. That's it. A great example, it's like the house that I'm living in at the moment. It's like um, it's this house that, that I rent with uh, a friend and another another associate and um, – I've had visualizations about this fucking house like five years ago. Yeah. I was literally like, I'm going to live there mm. in this exact area. And I don't know how, but it's going to happen. Yeah. And then it was like last year, I started to visualize it more and I started to think about it more. And I was like, I really want to live like in, in this like forest area. Mm. And then I just kept thinking about it every day and I started thinking about, well, how can I get there? So I started looking for the place. Yeah. And what happened was I saw this place that come on, came on the market and I was just like, I'm going to go have a look at it. I'm going to go there. No one went to this this um this inspection. Yeah, yeah. Well, they went to another address that was similar to this one, and um. So I got I got to have a chat to like the the manager mm. of um like the the department, and um. It's like oh yeah, so like what do you do? Why do you want to move here? Blah blah blah. And so she got full rundown of everything, whatnot. Yeah. When I was going to this place, I didn't know how it, like at the time how I could afford it. Yeah, but I went there. I had a discussion with her. I had that opportunity. After that, the house was mine. Yeah. And then I figured out the rest after. Exactly. And it's just like, put yourself in the position that you want to be in life and everything will fall into place Mm. or you'll find a solution if you ask for a solution. The biggest, this is like the biggest gold piece I've ever learned in my life, right? And I feel like it's a bloody hack, but it's not. It's like, you know, when we, we say to ourselves, Fuck, I feel stressed. And and you're like, then you start feeling stressed. Mm. And then you're like, oh, you start to think about all the things you're stressed, stressed about. Mm. How about you ask yourself, how can I make an extra $2,000 a month? Yeah. Do you know what your brain does? It looks for it. It starts, you start popping ideas. Sit with a pen and paper, ask yourself questions mm. like a manic person in a room by yourself, you psychos, <laughs> um, but, and start giving yourself answers because we've all got the answers. Our brain is quite intelligent and it can find solutions. You think chat, be, be, uh, PG, what is it? GPT. GPT is like phenomenal. You should see what your brain can fucking do when you actually utilize it. Yeah, you just got to move some things out the way in the garage to be able to find the item you're looking for. 100%. It's in, it's in the garage. You it's there. You find it. 100%. Mm. I think this is a perfect segue into your latest travel fit uh, retreat because talking about setting the date and doing something and then figuring it out as well, like after, yeah. you know, like just setting the date, like this is it. And then like, cool, now let's get the things in place to get it running. I'm sure you had plans in place before you announced the date, but also there's probably things along the way that came with it. You want to know like, the truth? What? I just set the fucking date. I had no money to run that event. Well, there you go. There's I, a perfect example. I, I um... So I borrowed money to, to run and I'll be fully transparent. Like I don't really have anything to hide. Like I was like, this is a big, this is a big jump for me. So, but I knew that the only way to run it was just to commit to it. Yeah. So what happened was I messaged a friend of mine and I was like, can I borrow some money? Hmm. I want to run this event. I know I can make it work. And just for context, it was a retreat in Byron Bay. Yep. So it was a Byron Bay retreat in the hinterland of Byron Bay luxurious accommodation 
Um, How many days? All uh, so it was Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. All up, the cost for this retreat were twenty k. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't borrow twenty k. Mm. I borrowed five. Yeah. And um, the thing I think is really cool about this is with, with this retreat, I had five k. That was a deposit. Oh, sorry, that was the the house. So I put that. So actually, I put two k on the deposit, and then I used three k for advertising. Yeah. And then out of that three k, I generated enough money to host the event and take a little bit. Mm. And the cool thing about that was was that that covered everything. Yeah. And what I found really interesting was is that a lot of people use the excuse of I don't have the skill set. Um, I don't have the finances. I don't have the team. Blah blah blah. I put. I set the date. Put uh, uh, after I set the date. I put the deposit on. After I put the deposit on, I um, generated two hundred and thirty leads, and I called everyone at least five times. Emailed messages, and I was consistently going. Um, I took myself away from a lot of people in that time, so I could focus on what I need to focus on to make this work, mm. and. Thankfully for me and a lot of people who helped me run this event, it was a success. Yeah. And I, the only reason I say and I talk about the this is a very risky, risky way of doing it, I don't condone it, but I did it because I knew that it would force me personally to take the next step from my day experiences to a weekend. Yeah. And it was like, all right, well, a lot of the time people always jumping into the into safety and it's just like, well, safety doesn't get you where you need to need to go. You need to take risks. And, mm. you know, after the retreat, I had so many people talk about like life-changing, everything they ever wanted and more wasn't what they expected. It was so much better. Like, and, you know, one person talking about how like it pushed them outside their their zone uh, discomfort into their discomfort so much more. And that's what they needed in that time to start shop in more in life. Mm. And I, I think it's so amazing because a lot of the time there's extremes. There's like extremes of like different events, experiences, and you kind of have to be really spiritual or you have to be, I don't know, really about God or you have to be really about drinking or whatever it is. And it's like we kind of merge what it is to just be a good human, enjoy an experience, learn along the way, we give you tools, and then we say it's your responsibility whether you survive or you thrive in this life. So that's the purpose behind it, would you say? Yep. Yep. To just give people tools, bring them back to the present moment and give them the the responsibility to to cultivate their life they want too many people expect to be you know have their hand held while they walk yeah. to the next destination it's like hey like i'll give you a bike put the bike together and then you just fucking ride yeah you know um but the the whole experience was super unreal you know we had uh a workshop every day on functional breathing functional nutrition uh, mindset with Ty. The location was to paint a picture. It's in the hinterland of Byron Bay. It's got this beautiful uh, deck beautiful where we view. did beautiful view of like the coast and the mountains where we did yoga at sunrise and sunset, infinity pool, spa, 
beautiful kitchenette. We've got a, a sunken down lounge that over, which is right next to a fire and a big screen where we did our presentations. We did like waterfall hikes, surf lessons, and the whole the whole real mission of it was teach people to have fun, enjoy the process of learning along the way, and connect with more like-minded people without judgment. For the people that attended, if you can share this, mm. what was what they confessed, what was some of their biggest takeaways from or biggest wow factors from coming to a retreat like this? Because maybe they had a different perception before it and they learned something then, like, holy shit, I didn't know this. Or what was some of the biggest takeaways you found? Probably, probably for a lot of people coming along, one was that, I think I think everyone realized that <laughs> we kind of red pilled a fair bit to be honest. <laughs> like a lot of people realized that like there's a lot of things holding them back in life and they realized that it it, it probably just goes back to responsibility. It's their own responsibility to respond in life versus react. Mm-hmm. That's that's really it. And yeah. it's like they had all these they had all this information, they had everything they they've ever needed here but even before that they realized that they're only one decision away from how they respond in life and how they show up in life Mm. that's probably the biggest thing and like everyone's got a different takeaway or a different response or whatever it may be but i think that unconsciously i think a lot of them realize that it it's simpler to change than they realize and that they're the problem. Mm. That's probably the biggest thing. From yeah. what I could see, they might have something completely different that they'd say, but from what I can see and from some of the conversations I had, I think it was just a big realization that they all learned to value themselves more. They need to look after themselves um, and that they're the they're their biggest problem. Mm. It's powerful to learn though. Mm. Like well, what? it's responsibility. Yeah. Responsibility. Responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword. Yeah. But 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 it, it it's that and and just relatability too. Like I'm never I am who I am. Like at all my events I act how I act. I do not try and portray something that I'm not. Yeah. And I think the full, me being authentic and fully in myself and being a fucking kook and a weird cat, like inspired and helped them be themselves as well without being having a fear of judgment yeah and i think that's the most important thing too many people are trying to be something they're not and it's just like fuck just be you and fucking enjoy it yeah literally showcase who you really are Mm. people feed off that i can see when people are fake to me i can see when someone's playing a game yeah i don't do business with people who play games with me yeah and if i do let me tell you i won't do it again yeah so yeah so what's the point because Mm. you don't know what they're true intention is behind it if they're not being authentic 100 100 percent. so yeah it's it, it's it's one of those things right where it's like cool take the risk stop making shit hard yeah and just enjoy the ride as a host from someone who was running one day events and now a whole weekend what did you take away personally from this experience heaps Heaps. So much. <laughs> like, uh, Just I'm, leave it there. We'll do it, Gary V. <laughs> 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 All right, that's the end of the podcast, everyone. 
no, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, like this was a, quite a big personal achievement for me. Um, I've been trying to do this for four years. Now, when we say trying, I wasn't fully committing. Um, and I say that quite clearly. But there was, you know, we talk about like the victim me and like, you know, things that happen. And it's like, well, there were just lots of things that were happening in the process to this that I could have just been like, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to try it. Mm. And it's like COVID kept locking us out of states when we we're going to run it. We had it booked out and we we're going to run it and just, sorry, you can't come through. Yeah. <laughs> things like that. Um, I had some brand deals that I was collaborating with someone and that went down the drain. Um, and yeah, I, this was my fifth attempt mm. at doing it. Yeah. And, you know, people can be like, well, is it really worth it? And I'm like, well, it is when you can see the future and you know that mm. this is just another stepping stone to, you know, the next thing that I want to achieve. And it's just like, well, what do, you, what do you value, right? Like, do you want to be the person that just gives something to go and then just gives up? Or do you want to be the person that fucking keeps showing up re- relentlessly forever? Because that's the difference between fucking someone who makes it and doesn't make it. Someone who makes it, we'll point this out, works smart. I, I've worked very hard mm. over my time, not smart. Yeah. Um, but I'm learning to work smarter. But the, the thing is, it's just like, I think for me, like the biggest, the biggest lesson was like any, anything's possible. That's probably it. Like anything's possible. It doesn't matter like what obstacles get in your way it only matters how you deal with those obstacles along the way Mm. how can i be resourceful enough to overcome these challenges and how can i overcome these challenges quite majestically i guess you'd say (laughs) so how can i how can i deal with it appropriately without you know losing my shit or Becoming a dick, or you know, like projecting, yeah, appropriately, yeah, deal with it, yeah. Because the the issue is, it's like challenges will arise all the time. It's it's about how you show up throughout those challenges that really magnify who someone really is. Mm. Um, and it just magnified to me that I'm doing the right thing. I am who I say I am, and that we're the best. Like, like literally, like I truly believe that we are the best. We don't have enough brand awareness at the moment to showcase that. Mm. But the more people that come on our events will soon see that no one does it like us. Yeah. We are, you know, a great example. And this is the, de- the detail that I go into. Every guest that was coming along, I did a personal virtual recording on that person for the team. Here's what, who they are. Here's why they're coming. Here's what you should be mindful of. Here's how you can support them best. And here is um, their main mission for coming. That's good. You know, like... Incredible. Like, got, like people will be like, oh, well, that doesn't seem like much. And it's like, find me a fucking another retreat that does that mm. individually. I don't think I've been to one. Like, I'm not sure how people run their retreats, but I don't think I've... I don't think I know I've never been to a retreat or an event where the people that are running it know me, my intentions. It's more so just being another participant. Mm. And it's like, this is the whole purpose behind it. Mm. Not another number. Yeah. It's more. It's so much more. We're there, to, 
we're there to inspire change mm. and to inspire more people to connect and grow and lead in their life. We're not a personal development platform. That's not the mission. Our mission is just to connect more people to more like-minded people. That shows inspire. you really care as well. Of course. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Because like in a sense, you're letting people be seen and heard truly. Because mm. when they get to the event, they may initially have a mask up because that's just how we are when we meet new people some of the time. But if ever like if the work is there or the people that are facilitating know truly what this person wants from it, it can really help open that person up quicker to actually enjoy the retreat within itself. Hundred percent. It's just you know, just showing up really. Is probably the easiest way that I can yeah. <laughs> explain it. Just showing up and and just leading with the right intentions and knowing why you're there and just enjoying the ride because yeah, I think I think too many people do things f- f- with the wrong intentions. Mm. Like I get, I guess, like it's how to explain it. It's like there are so many events and retreats out there, yeah. and it's just like, well, what what's our point of difference? Like, all right, well, here's the standard in the retreat world. How do we get it 10 times above that? Mm. All right, X, Y, and Z. And now you asked me, like, how the retreat ran. And I was like, yeah, retreat ran great, but there's probably 100 things that I'd improve. That's good. And that is the difference. Mm. Every retreat gets better and better, never the same. Mm. If you could put a pin on one thing, that you're proud of yourself for for this process, what is it? Mm, probably, probably my uh, open-mindedness would probably be the biggest thing. I could say resi- like resilience to to the challenges, but I think open-mindedness really dictates that. I was open to when challenges arose uh, on the challenge uh, on the retreat. There, there are always things that will arise. Um, I hand, I feel like I handled them really well, um, and just the adaptability to shift and change as we need, and and not being stuck in a in a, a frame of mind of hey, like you you need to be this particular person. Or, hey, this is what I do, so you should do that. Yeah. A true understanding of the team and the guests mm. and just listening, understanding, responding and not getting emotional. Yeah. I think that's it. Probably just the open-mindedness to really just receive the information and respond effectively. And I, I, that's why I, th- I know I'm in the right p- place because that's the hardest thing is responding efficiently and effectively. Yeah. And what's the future look like now? After running a weekend retreat, what's some of the next steps or next things that you've got? There's happening? so much, honestly, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. well, is there um, anything that's already set in stone that people can be aware of to look out for? Um, well, definitely the day experience. We've got a day experience coming up in October, and that's going to be on the 14th of October. I haven't actually released it this yet but here we are yeah, right as well. yeah, yeah. Um, so the 14th of october we've got a day experience um in terms of how we're growing and what we're aiming for uh bali spain la is on the cards mm. they're the they're the next big ones 
And then by the end of this year, I'm looking for December, worst case January, I'll be releasing a trail fit platform. So they'll have meditations, breath work, connecting with trail fit travelers around the world, um, education around nutrition, training, live streams of yoga sessions. Yeah. Everything. Everything. So that's probably the biggest thing in the sense of our ecosystem. Yeah. Because that'll be that'll be our core from now on. Yeah, the platform. And then we'll have obviously our events and everything in between as an extension as well yeah i really want to before we wrap up as well because i know how important i believe this is i want you to share it's something that you specialize in this the optimal breathing it's like the breathing yeah. exercise you get people to do or when you like hold your nose and see how many steps you can do oh yeah, yeah. things like that i really want you to talk about that because for some of myself before i did any of those testings I did breath work for about two years and I yep. thought like, I'm fucking amazing at breathing. Yep. And I did those tests and I'm like, oh shit, I've got so much improvement to do. Mm. So I'd like for you, if you are willing to, to share what that is. We can we- even do an activity. Yeah, let's do it. We'll do a little activity. <laughs> we'll do the, the, the bolt score. But I'll explain a little bit about like why, why a lot of everything that I do honestly is embedded around functional breathing and why I think functional breathing is more important than nutrition, training, um, who we hang around, mm. everything. Yeah. I think it's literally the core of how we can thrive in life. Mm. Because, you know, we talk about, we obviously talk about like the nervous system, our fight or flight, our parasympathetic rest and digest state. Uh, we've got our state in between, which is our um, homeostasis state, which is the regulator between our fight and flight and our <laughs> parasympathetic <laughs> Uh, rest and digest state now our breathing regulates our nervous system our breathing also regulates our brain waves so if we're manic we're in like beta gamma mm. and we go down to theta delta, delta alpha and ideally people talk about flow state a lot they're like oh i want to get in flow state or we've got runners high or things like that anyway that's a calmed slower state and it's like when you start to realize that you can use functional breathing to change your state, your nervous system, and that changing your nervous system regulates your immune health, your um, decision, rational thinking. It affects, um, obviously, the pH levels in in the body, and it starts to regulate how we are, say, reacting versus responding. It's life changing. It like Mm. that's the thing. It if you breathe properly, your anxiety will leave. Your sleep apnea will improve if not go away. Your um, uh, emotional response will obviously be more rational. Like it it really is the core. And I I can't emphasize it enough and I want to talk about more, but I I won't. But it is really the core of our life. And why I say this, a great example is like, what's the thing that we, we, um, we start our life with? Breath. What's the thing that we do throughout our life? Breathe. What's the thing that takes away our life no breath yep so wouldn't you say that that is like the most important thing that we can do for ourselves to survive oh sorry to thrive in life it's literally the first and last thing we do yep 100 and everything in between and so we'll do a little activity it's called a bolt score now what the bolt score is essentially a lot of the time people have a carbon dioxide tolerance and so what that is, it's when our brain sends a signal 
to our body or our body sends a signal to our brain to breathe because our carbon dioxide tolerance is measuring when we need to take a breath to bring in oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I literally did a workshop on this the other day and that's why I just remembered that. <laughs> um, but essentially what happens is if we, if our carbon dioxide tolerance is low and we hyperventilate and we breathe too much, which is creating anxiety because it's creating an unequal balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. which is why our fight or flight response uh, heightens, yep. which is why we get sick more often, we get stressed more often, we've got um, uh, less oxygen in the body. So it, it's it's a complete different mix-up. Mm. So what the Bolt score is, so essentially what you do is you take a breath, a breath in through your nose, like a real calm one, like real, real casual kind of like, and then what you do is you breathe out through the nose again, real casual, and then you'd plug your nose and you'd hold your nose. And then you just count one, two, three, as, as long as you can until you get a, a signal from your brain saying, I want to breathe. And then you take a breath. Now, when you take your breath in through the nose again, you shouldn't be gasping it in. So you shouldn't go to try and equal it out. It should be a very casual. So you breathe out, you hold, and then casually back in again it shouldn't be a force thing at all whatever that score is for you that's your score and they'll tell you whether you've got dysfunctional breathing or functional breathing let me tell you so anything under anything under 30 seconds is dysfunctional breathing yeah what'd you get 28 (laughs) (laughs) just missed it (laughs) so so that that's a great example but what that does is it allows you to set a standard of whether you've got functional breathing or dysfunctional breathing. The cool thing as well about if you're dysfunctional breathing as well, it changes the facial structure too. So you've got a droopy face if you're dysfunctional breathing. Your nose is all kind of crooked. Your teeth are crooked. Your jaw lines real in, kind of look like you've got no neck. Um, and your energy levels are super low, probably suffering with sleep apnea, probably got anxiety issues. Um, and it, it can all be cultivated and fixed through functional breathing. Mm. So, yeah. Super important. Would highly recommend adding that into your life. And if your breathing score is under 30 for a hold, then you definitely need to work on it. And the only way that you can improve it is by apnea breathing. You can do other breathing styles, but apnea breathing is probably the best, which is like breathing in through your nose for four, holding for eight, and then exhaling for four because that's going to help you keep building on that carbon dioxide tolerance. Mm. And then eventually, um, over time, it will improve. Another way is to just nasal breathe for the first 10 minutes of the day. That'll set the tone for your breathing habit for the day, and then you should be able to just breathe through your nose. Mm. Um, so four, eight, four. Mm. I'm going to do that because I'm going to change it because I usually do four, six, nine. I think yep. my exhales might be too long. So four A yep. four is better. That's still good, like, but yep. that's 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 not to build your calm dioxide tolerance, yeah. right? It's more so of just becoming present mm. in the moment and just relaxation type thing. But it's not more so tailored to that. The only thing I would do that was tailored more so for optimal breathing, which is five and a half in, five and a half out. Mm. So anywhere between five to six seconds. But is the four better than five six? You do believe? Well, it's just like just to really reduce how much you. You're yeah. going in and out, really. It's just like, just so it doesn't take longer. <laughs> yeah, because one thing I realized when I first came conscious of this, and I feel like the listeners will relate to, is I was never doing full exhales. 
Mm. Like I was only partially exhaling and I wasn't f- fully inhaling either. Yeah. It was just like mini inhales, mini exhales. And that probably goes into why people have like poor posture, poor uh, energy, yep. how they feel, et cetera. Posture is a huge one. Yeah. People, especially when the bit are great, it's even like something that you could do right now. It's like, well, take a breath in. You're breathing into your shoulders. Are your shoulders going up or is your belly going out? Mm. If your shoulders going up, you're not breathing right. Mm. You're not breathing into your diaphragm and your diaphragms bring the oxygen into those lungs. You take, bring them into like the uh, bronchioles, yep. kind of like little broccoli trees. Okay, just keep in this. Thing, <laughs> um, little broccoli trees and they pull that in and then that gets distribu- distributed around the body, mm. oxidizes the body, helps you transport nutrients around the body, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's just crazy. Like it, it really is a, a game changer. Yeah. I'm glad we touched on that. Cause I feel like when you think of breath work, you can kind of think more so of like Wim Hof or mm. more spiritual side of it. Yep. But it's really cool. Just to understand that we all need to find the way to optimally breathe for our own health and benefits. So. And, and you can literally like to touch on it quickly, there's something called gear shifting, breathing, Bre- breathing, gear shifting. And that's where you, sh- you shift your breathing from nose to mouth to mouth to nose. And that's what you can do in stressful situations to regulate your state. So a great example, it's like, I'll use a workout as an example. I'm warming up and just breathing in and out through my nose. Warm-ups getting a little bit into the workout, in through the nose, heavier in through the nose, heavier out through the nose. Now we're starting to work out in through the nose, out through the mouth, getting more carbon dioxide out and more oxygen in. Now I'm just busting a gut. I'm going for it mm. in through the mouth, out through the mouth. I need to slow down. My heart rate's too high. It's in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the nose, out through the nose. So you're just regulating yourself through your breathing. Your breathing regulates your heart rate. Yeah. Your breathing regulates your nervous system, your brain waves. So it's like if you can start to master how to breathe properly mm. and change your life, you use it in all situations, professional, personal, workouts, even performance as well. 100%. An example I can give is, I remember when I first started getting into run um, during COVID, I ran a kilometre, fucking gassed, because I was yeah. mouth breathing. Two days, two to three days later, I was like, all right, I'm only going to do nose breathing because I saw a lot of people doing it. And I just focused on five seconds in, five seconds out only. And I did 5Ks without stopping. Mm. Two days earlier, I did 1K. Yeah, That's 5X my performance just by nose breathing. At that time, it blew my mind, and obviously, after doing research, like it makes sense now. Mm. Shows how important it is to actually focus on how you are breathing. Hundred percent. It's just it's an absolute game changer, to be honest. And and just to finish up on the breathing side of things, it's it's like when you understand what holotropic breathing's for, what functional breathing's for, what mindfulness breathing's for. They all serve different things. Mm. The, mis- the misconception is everyone says, I do breath work, but people do different types of breath work. Yeah. The more we understand how to use the right type of breathing for the right situation mm. or for the right um, goal or outcome that we want, the more that we start to thrive in life. It's like use your holotropic Wim Hof method if you want to just like, you know, flush your nervous system, flush your emotional state, flush the energy in your body, yeah. get rid of the stagnant. Use functional breathing so that you can thrive more and take yourself out of that surviving state and into a thriving state. Mm. Use the mindfulness breathing so that you can slow yourself down and enjoy the present moment. Mm. You know, connect deeper with yourself and others. Yeah, that's that's like the the hack with all of this. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, breath work has definitely been a massive game changer for my life and learning different things to implement for different responses. 
mm. throughout my life. Is there anything else you feel like we should touch on before we wrap this up? Was there any last words you want to say? Or um, Man, we covered a lot, yeah. a lot of different topics. I was just like, oh, wow, we are going everywhere, yeah. um, which is good, of course. But, you know, I just, I just like to say to people listening in, it's like the, there will always be information out there that you will like and you don't like. I, I just think it's just like take it all with a grain of salt, right? Like take in what is of value to you and um, honestly just try and work towards a life of being more mindful of how you show up as a person and how you cultivate who you want to be. Who's the type of person that you want to be for your kids and for the people that you love? And what does that look like? And what does it look like when you are your best version of yourself? And start to work towards that and don't listen to anyone who says that you can't be anything because it's absolute rubbish. Beautiful. Mm. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for coming on. My thanks pleasure. for coming on the One Talk. Everyone check out Chris. Check out his uh, one-day event as well if you're around Brizzy, sunny coast area or if you want to travel for it. I recommend it too because it's a great event. And also, yeah, where can people find you? I'll also tag it all in the bio as well. But it's the yeah. best place travel fit. On Instagram? Uh, travel, travel Fit Global on Instagram. Uh, if you're looking to head to our site, it's travelfitglobal.com. If you're looking to see what our community does, we've got a separate Instagram, which is Travel Fit Tribe, and that just showcases all the people around the world that kind of are a part of the journey. Wicked. I'll link it all in the bio, so check it out. But thanks, brother. Thank you.